Check. Yes. Beautiful. Hey, guys. Oh, that was so good. I, you guys are getting... Oh, man, that was creepy. <laughs> it's a little bit frozen. That was the best... Thank you. That was the best... <laughs> we're, start, we're starting out good tonight, people. It's going to be a fun one tonight. Um, that was the best response you guys have given me in the year and a half of being... I'm so excited. Um, just real quick shout out, you guys watching in Watertown. Uh, I know there's some in Aberdeen, Rap City, Vermilion, Sioux Falls. Just thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for worshiping with us. Um, those of you here in Brookings, in the house, welcome. Those of you watching online in Brookings, welcome. Those of you in the great room, welcome. We got people all over the place wanting to tune in, showing up to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves, to be a part of something, of a, a movement of God. Uh, a bunch of young adults coming together to try to grow their faith in Jesus. And like Brennan said, we're on... Week three of four in our Dry Bone series. And the first week was a kickoff, uh, super fun, exciting. Went through the Ezekiel text and this reality of how God is making things alive. Of how God gave a vision to Ezekiel and he's bringing dry bones, a valley of death to life. And ultimately that picture and that metaphor is beautifully displayed through Jesus and his life, death and resurrection. We can experience new life and restoration in every aspect of our life. And last week we talked about identity and how we have identity restored because of what Jesus has done for us. And tonight, I'm gonna to talk about peace restored. We're gonna talk about anxiety and worry and stress. Whew. Buckle up, get ready. Before we dive in, I'm gonna tell a story that I've never shared publicly. And Brennan knows what it is, so he's already ready. I've shared it secretly in private with a few people, but never publicly. And I'm married, in case you guys didn't know. I have three kids, it's great. Sometimes it's hard but I like it. <clears throat> Our first year of marriage, a lot of the times, uh, and you, you'll figure this out if you get married, you got to kind of pick when the holidays come up, which one you're going to go to. It's like, all right, first Thanksgiving, where are we going? All right, Christmas here, all right, which one are we going to? We were married in June, and so like, we never had to decide where we're going for Halloween, because reasons I'm not going to get into. And then Easter comes up, right? Like Easter, big holiday, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, resurrection of Jesus, the whole reason like we gather. It's like, hey, where are we going to go? And like, we decide we're going to go to her family's house for our first uh, Easter as a married couple. And I didn't know Abby's family growing up. Like, we didn't date in high school. We met in college. And I had maybe before the wedding had like three or four interactions with her father and her mom. And I'd made, and I had less with her sister. And so at this point, we're not yet a year married. First Easter at her house. In-laws are there. Uh, she has two siblings who are already married. There's a couple kids. It's a good time. We're all hanging out. Know them a little bit, but not like really comfortable. It's like we're not talking presidential debate at this holiday dinner because we're just not that close yet. And so I get to hang out with her two brothers, one named Ben. Gets messed up all the time. All the time gets messed up. And then one named Caleb. And, and then her brother-in-law, Dan, who's also my brother-in-law. All the things. And we're hanging out downstairs in the basement. And we're chilling. And we go upstairs. And Abby and her sister, Danny, are sitting at the stove. And they're like, one's doing mashed potatoes. And one's making stuff in. And I come up. And I like ask if I can help. But they know if they actually give me something to do, I'm going to screw it up. So it was just like this fake ass that I knew nothing was going to happen. And so I asked from across the kitchen. And... They said no because, again, they know I'm going to screw it up. And so I go, first year of marriage, go up to my wife, not thinking, and I slap her in the butt. 
and I go to give her a hug. Like, just, I mean, whatever, we're married, I don't even care. <laughs> and as I give her a hug, I lean in and go to kiss her on the cheek, and it's not my wife. <laughs> Get it out now. <laughs> it's her sister, Danny. They look exactly alike from the back area. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Never thought. Didn't. Wow. All right, band, you guys want to come up? We can just, we're going to be done. Most in. Not even, here's what's ridiculous. I don't even know if that's the most embarrassing moment in my life because I once cussed singing the national anthem in public in high school. Whole nother story. But this is without a, without a doubt, at least post-Jesus, the most I've ever felt like legit fear and, 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 and shame and stress and worry. I was so worried and stressed out that after it happened, one, I'm trying to apologize. I don't know how to speak. It's that bad. I look at it, I was like, I didn't mean to do it. She's like, I don't know, it's an accident. She didn't care. And I walk, which is about two rooms away, to my father-in-law's office, which has doors, but the problem is the doors also have glass, so you can see in it, and I stay in that room for two hours before dinner starts, because I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to bring it up. And I just sit in there in the fear and the shame and the guilt and the what am I going to do? I can never ever, ever ever come to this house again for a holiday dinner. One of the weirdest moments definitely of my life post following Jesus. And I love this family. And I think the funniest part about it is that we've never talked about it. <laughs> it's never been brought up. Just two weeks ago. I, I, I don't know how we got on it. I, I, we were talking about it. I was talking about it with my wife, Abin. She's like, so like, when are you okay with me bringing up that you like hit my sister in the butt that one time at Easter? I was like, you can, you can tell her when our kids graduate from high school because at that point, it doesn't matter. But we go through these moments and experiences in life that create anxiety, that create stress, that create worry. We can all feel them, right? We all know them. Maybe we're experiencing it now. This whole year of 2020, I feel like, has been, man, are you kidding? Another thing? DJ Cal, another one? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I wanted to quit when Kobe died, and then that stuff kept happening. But we, we have definitely, this year, there's just, anxiety has been raised and upped. Not even in America, but in the world. So we all know those feelings. And what I want to address tonight, and the big idea for us tonight and I'm going to define terms, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to do well and try to be clear, and, and I've been praying that God would just make whatever he needs to make clear for you tonight, and, and that you would be encouraged with what he has for you tonight. But what I want us to know, the big idea for us, is that God wants us to experience a life, experience a life that is marked by peace, and not a life that is marked by worry, or anxiety, or stress, or concern. God desires for each and every one of us to live a life that's marked by peace and not worry or stress or anxiety or concern. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear that truth, because I believe it's a truth through scripture and one that God desires for us to live and experience, I get stressed out, which doesn't make any sense. 
Because I go right immediately to, well, how's this supposed to happen? What are we supposed to do? How is this going to work? I think we all can say, I experience some sort of stress or worry, anxiety almost every day in my life. God, what, what is your plan for me in the midst of wanting my life to be one that's marked by peace and not stress, worry, or anxiety? And Paul does a great job in his, in his letter that he wrote to the church in Philippi, in Philippians 4. He says, this is what I want you to do. In the midst of anxiety, here's how I want you to address this. Here's the action plan that I desire for you, the church of Philippi, to go about addressing your anxiety, your stress, and your worry. If you have a Bible, open up to Philippians 4. If you have a phone, open her up. Let's read this together. Philippians 4, verse 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I didn't grow up in the church, but apparently my wife told me this is a Bible verse that they had you memorize when you were a younger kid growing up in church. This is an important one. It's one that we even teach to our little kids because we recognize that there's going to be moments in your life you're going to have worry and stress and anxiety, but God gives you a peace that transcends understanding. First point, be conscious of your worry. Be conscious of your anxiety. Be conscious of your stress. Now, hopefully you've noticed I've used anxiety, worry, and stress interchangeably. I'm going to do it all night, so I apologize for the confusion, and here's why. What I'm addressing tonight, how I'm talking about anxiety, is how the Bible defines anxiety. And the Bible defines anxiety like this. It says, to be anxious is to ponder or dwell on fearful or worrisome thoughts. I'm going to say it again. The biblical definition of anxious, of having anxiety, is to ponder or dwell on fearful and worrisome thoughts. So when Paul says, do not be anxious, it's not never, ever, ever in your life have an anxious thought. Because if you do, you're done. It's sin. What are you doing? Repent. You're going to hell. Aggressive. It's don't allow yourself in the mix, in the midst of your anxiousness to dwell and to camp and to make your bed in those fearful, worrisome thoughts. This Greek word for do not be anxious, I'm not going to pronounce it because I'd screw it up, is the same word that Jesus has used for worry in Matthew 6. Anytime you see worry, anxious, or even cares, when, when 1 Peter says cast your cares on him, or cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. Another verse says cast all of your cares on him because he loves you. It's the same Greek word and it means worry, it means stress, it means anxiety. It's interchangeable. He's saying don't have anxious thoughts. What he's saying is don't allow yourself to make a bed in those stressful thoughts, in those worrisome thoughts. Don't go to sleep in a bed of worry and of stress and anxiety. And, he said, and then he goes on to say, and here's how I want you to do that. One, like I said, First Peter tells us, we are to cast all of our anxieties onto him because he cares for us. Say, cast all. Oh, one more time. Say, cast all. Every single one. Not some. Not just the ones I don't think I can handle. Every single anxiety 
stress, concern, or care, First Peter tells us, give it to Jesus. Give it to God because he cares for you. So what does it look like to cast? I'm going to use the C-A-S-T, so get ready. We're going to run through these. To cast all your anxieties. Actually, I'm going to, make, I'm going to do a caveat real quick. And I'm going to share this. And my wife is really gracious in the story she allows me to share about her and our fam. Um, because she really loves Jesus. And we want our lives to be ones that model, I think, vulnerab- vulnerability and honesty. My wife has been diagnosed with anxiety. And what I want you to know that when I use anxiety and stress and worry tonight, I'm not talking about the mentally, the medically diagnosed anxiety disorders and mental health disorders that do exist in our world. I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to diagnose. I'm here to address what the Bible declares as biblical anxiety saying to dwell or, or rest or make our bed in worrisome and, and, and fearful thoughts. Because anxiety, what it tends to do, what anxiousness does in our life is it creates mental distress, which we all can relate to. What anxiety disorders do is they not only create mental distress, but they actually attack your body. My wife, diagnosed with anxiety, anxiety disorder, had a panic attack two days ago. We don't know why. Her body was doing things, and it's not the first time she's had a panic attack, but things were happening to her body that she couldn't control. That's an anxiety disorder. What I'm talking about tonight are those moments where we battle and oftentimes, unfortunately, choose to make our bed in, to rest, and to camp in worrisome and fearful thoughts, which then lead to feeling anxious. I'm not a doctor here to diagnose an anxiety disorder. I'm here to help you understand how God desires for us to address our anxiety, our stress, and our worry when we come up to it. So how do we cast all our anxieties onto Jesus? Number one, C-A-S-T, commit yourself to prayer, which I know is super lame. I mean, it's the obvious one, right? Paul says, do not be anxious, but in everything through prayer and petition, through prayer. Commit yourselves. Be ones who are willing to go to prayer first. It's to go to God first. It's as Brennan said, it's, we're going to have a podcast on Tuesday, and we define prayer as this communication with God. It's not just communication to him, it's with him. Can we be ones who are willing to commit ourselves to going to the Father when those worrisome and fearful thoughts come up? And this can happen a lot of different ways, and I'll get there. And we, again, we can all relate to those worrisome and fearful thoughts. Brennan, it's time. I asked Brennan to help me out. I'm, I'm probably way too excited for this moment for multiple reasons. There he is. You need to get that fixed, son. I asked Brennan. Give me a mic. I gave him a mic, which is probably a bad idea. Gave him a mic, and then I'm having him use my old book bag. I'm going to have you go here. You can just chill, right? Nope. Yeah, right there. We called each other, so we didn't match, too. Yeah, we're good. Bro, I would have left if we would have matched. I don't know why you care. He, this is what happens. I, like, I do it to my wife, too. No, ask no, her. I listen, can't match. I like, we're basically a married couple here at work. I like matching. I don't mind it. I try to do whatever I can Sunday morning to get our entire family to match. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So in the midst of committing ourselves of being one people of prayer, of in those moments of fear and anxiety, okay, let's go to God first. Well, before I get there, what I want to do is 
again, we all can understand and recognize that there are anxious and fearful and worrisome thoughts that we have. And there's some topics I want to talk through and give you the things that we've all experienced. So the first one's finances. Anybody ever have worrisome or fear, fearful thoughts about finances? Maybe, yeah. Brennan, will you tell your story? <laughs> I don't know if we got time for me to preach like just this. Just do quick. Just give me yeah, yeah, yeah. the minute version. A bunch of us go to STCU. Maybe you live in Brookings. So you've had encounters with STCU. Yes? Yeah? Some affirmation? Okay, yeah, yeah. Who's parked on SDSU's campus? Oh my. I am praying for the people who still have to do it because it is terrible. I once, I had to go to the wellness center, okay? And I parked in a lot I was not supposed to park in, okay? I knew, I knew I shouldn't have done it. And I know better. I've been at SDSU for like three years and I still parked in the lot. And of course, it's like, they're like magic fairies. They like instantly show up. $75 ticket. I wasn't even there a whole hour, 75 bucks. And I kid you not, for three days, I put it right on my desk and I would just look at it. I didn't pay it. I just sat there and I looked at it. And I was, every time I saw it, it ruined my day. Blah, blah, blah. Here, We're not going to go do it yet. No, no. I, I'm going to come prayed, back to it. I prayed and Look I didn't have this. to pay the ticket. No, you didn't? No. <laughs> they got my license plate wrong. So praise the Lord. It's but. like, this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had, I had, a, I had a zero. Don't they clap put it, for that. Don't clap for someone's mistake. He, he parked in a wrong spot. Hey. The Lord provides to those who you love him. You stop that right now. You stop it. <laughs> the worst. Finances, right? We, we can deal. How am I going to pay my bills this month? There, there's worry. There's fear. There's stress. So we throw that worry. We throw that anxiety. And we, and we pack it away in what I call a book bag. And you make fun of me every time. You guys call it backpack or book bag? Yeah, Man, this guy's old. I'm super old. <laughs> that makes me feel terrible. Like you said, right? School. Who hasn't had a worrisome or fearful thought about a test coming up the next day or next week? I haven't because I hate school, but the majority of us, right? We live in this. You guys who are college students, freshman through senior, grad student, I'm going to seminary, Brennan's going to seminary. Yeah. We like school right now, right? For the most part. No, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I just don't. I'm not very smart. <laughs> I just am not. And I'm okay with that. I'm smart I, pr- some, I I'm prefer smart some bench papers though, so we're good. Dude, it's horrid. Yeah. I, want, I might get tell a story, we're going to run out of time. <laughs> but, right? We have these worrisome, fearful thoughts. And he says, do not be anxious means do not make your tent, do not dwell, do not camp out and make your bed in what school brings out. Well, we're going to do this. How about jobs, right? Anyone have ever a stressful, worrisome, fearful thought about a job? I was stressed out when they asked me to apply this. I was already, I already had a job mm-hmm. that I loved. It was good. I was stressed out about this job. I'm thankful that I didn't make my bed in it, but we do this. Apply to this job. God, am I going to get it? I need this job. If I don't get this job, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know about you guys. Friends? Anyone? Right? No? Just me, you might be, Brennan? You might be sitting next to him straight up. Yo. <laughs> they don't want to shake their head, but there's, they know it. There's going to be some forgiveness yeah. tonight. We'll start praying. Can't <laughs> you just praying right now? Yeah. <laughs> right? Friends, relationships, they create worry and stress. Do not be anxious about your friends, Paul says. Do not allow those thoughts, worrisome and fearful, to be camped in, to make your bed in. Oh, this one's real for me. Family? I got real si- real quick. Right? Maybe mom, maybe dad. Maybe siblings. Anyone ever have siblings? Like, you guys are best friends with your siblings? Anyone? A couple people. Oh, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. That's amazing. But most of the time, family brings stress and concern and worry that leads to mental distress and anxiety. 
you pack it away, yeah. get rid of it. How's this? How are you feeling? Yeah, it's a little heavy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. What do you do here? Just, just show the people what you wrote. Is this for ghosts? No, show the people what you wrote. I didn't write this. Is this, like, is this spiritual warfare? Demonic ghosts? <laughs> is this what this is? This guy and his Halloween jokes. Tell, explain him the boo. The boo I can't. Part. You have to do this. This is why you're here. Guys, I know, I know your boo gives you anxiety. I'm a thousand years old. Maybe, maybe you got a boo. Oh, you got, got it. Here's our issue maybe with this one. Maybe you're dreaming about the boo. I know they give you anxiety. Anyone, Parks and Rec, anyone? Not me. No? Someone else. Tom Haverford? I want you to be my boo. My boo to be you. You, got, and you, you were late boomers, boo. but I know you yeah. got there. I got it. I got it. Dreaming about that boo. Because the issue, issue was like, I kept making jokes about, let's write sexual on it. He's like, dude, you can't do that. You're not going to get... No, nothing. That's right. not it. Fine. That's not it. <laughs> How about this stupid one? Oh, can I get an amen for the COVID being destroyed? Give me something about it. Man, you talk about worrisome. I, I've, been the, I've, I've experienced the worst depression of my life because of, I mean, a lot of things, but in this season of COVID, it's been dumb. I hate it. It's been terrible. I'm going to scoot these over. How are you feeling? You doing good? To be honest, it's a little heavier than Sorry, I remember. He played football for two hours. It was flag I football. I did. It was so flag he's sore. football. Come on. I worked trash. out last oh. week sometime. That might, a big book bag might go out. How about this one? You ever get stressed or worried or concerned about your future? Oh, that was real. That was too real. <laughs> There's right? the boo again. The boo that's, snuck that, back in. That's a real boo. Yeah. I don't know what that was. That's <laughs> terrible. I'm a little nervous for you to put that in my backpack. I don't know if I have a the spot. future right there. We're going we're gonna to do this. Nope. Good luck. That's all I got to say. All right. And we put these stresses... And we put these horses <laughs> do this ain't zipping up. Easy back there. There you go. Yeah. Okay, good luck. I'm sorry. <laughs> and we carry them around. And he said, the first act I want you to do in casting all of your anxieties, all of your cares, all of your worries on Jesus is to figure out what it looks like to not carry them around. Because it's heavy and it's weighty. So the first thing he says is commit yourself to prayer. Come to me. Why? Because in the, few, in the verse before it in Philippians 4, he says, the Lord is near. In that first Peter text, we can go to God first and be commitment, committed to a life of prayer and people of prayer because first Peter says, you can cast all of your anxiety in because what? He cares for you. He loves you. He is for you. Do not be afraid. Brandon, you can go sit down. Keep the book bag on. <laughs> this is punishment for lying to you guys about the shirts last week. Be committed to prayer. And I know the easy thing, I think, for every single one of us is to go, okay, Paul, I get it, and Pastor Ben, I understand you're saying this, but do you know all the anxieties and worries I have in my life? Do you know the moments and the things and the topics and the stuff that I didn't even mention that I have going on in my life? The things that I'm afraid to admit out loud that keep me up at night? How do you expect me to go to God in prayer and be committed to one who wants to pray with all of this going on? Paul doesn't do this all willy-nilly. <laughs> Paul is writing in a prison cell. He's been stoned. He's been whipped. He's been persecuted for his faith. And he's saying this, living a life as probably at this point who is 60-some years old, a life that did have pain, that did have worry, that did have stress. He's saying, you want to know how to not be anxious and to camp in your worry and your stress? Be committed to prayer. 
Go to God first. C, commit yourself to prayer. Second one, A, ask for help. It said, do not be anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition. Other versions say supplication. And literally, this means, this is the literal definition of supplication, is to ask God for help. And there's a couple things here that come to mind when I think we need to petition well and supplicate well in the midst of our anxiety, our worry, and our stress. One is we need to be confident. Two, we need to be vulnerable. My daughter, I, I think I'm gonna try and tell a story about my daughter every week because there's a thousand of them. She'll do this thing where, and it, it's gotten better, I think because I'm training her a little bit to not do it because it frustrates the crap out of me. But she'll do this thing where if we have cookies or Rice Krispie treats or brownies or whatever, we always put them on our counter. And we're lucky if they last the night because I'll crush them if they're just sitting there. But she'll wake up and she's one of the earliest risers in the household. She'll get up and she knows she's got to eat breakfast or if she's hungry, she asks for a snack. And she'll go and she'll come out to the kitchen and she'll look at it and she'll see, see the treats and she'll say, I like brownies. She'll do that. Which is code for, I want a brownie. I'm not going to ask, but if you don't give it to me, I'm going to freak out. It's cool. It's brilliant. Because she's just sweetly saying, I like brownies. She did it two days ago. We, we, coworker Amber is here. She had cookies on her desk. My, my daughter came in, picked her up from preschool. She comes up to the desk. She sees the cookies and she stares at them. I know exactly what she's going to do. She says, I like cookies. <laughs> what, what are you doing? And I say, and then I, there have been times, and I'm, I try not to be mean to her, but she'll say that, and I know what she wants, and I'll be like, oh, that's awesome, and I'll immediately walk away. <laughs> it's terrible. It's super terrible. And so what I've had to do is train, I was like, baby, if you want something, just ask. If you want something, ask me. I'm your dad. You know I love you. You know I care for you. I'm right next to you. I'm near you. Doesn't mean you're always going to get it, but ask. This is what supplication is. It's I'm going to go to God, be committed to prayer. I'm going to ask for help without the expectation of wondering what's going to happen. But I'm going to be confident in it because my God cares for me and he's near. And I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be real. No, here's what I want. Here's what's happening. Tell him the feelings that you're feeling in the midst of that worry, anxiety, and stress. Be honest. If you're mad, say you're mad. If you're upset and angry, say it. If you want to cry, we talked about crying last week in the mirror, right? Like, cry. He can handle it. He's God. That's a big deal. Do not be afraid to be vulnerable and confident in asking for help. When Peter says, cast all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you, he's saying, bring everything that you care about to God, all of those concerns, all of those worries, because the thing that he cares about is you. Bring everything you care about. Tell him how you feel. Tell him what you're afraid of. Tell him what you're scared about. Talk to him. Let us be honest in our prayers, asking for help because we need it and it's okay. The thing about I love and, and how he addresses the, even how in all of Paul's letters, it's so much of the time what we do when we read them and interpret them is we read them like individually, this is for me, so I need to not be anxious and I need to go to prayer and petition, which is true. But what we forget is that he's actually writing to a community of believers, to a whole church. So he's saying, you guys, in your stress and worry and fearful thoughts, you guys come together in prayer. You guys come together in petition. A part of 
being committed to prayer and asking God for help is recognizing that we have people, followers, brothers and sisters in Christ who are walking side by side with us in almost the same fears and worries and stress and anxieties that we experience on a day-to-day basis. And what he's saying, don't be afraid to come together to me. Because what it does miraculously, and I think it's just so transformative, is it reminds us I'm not alone in this. In asking for help, you're asking God, but be reminded that he's placed people in your life to help you to help you maybe ask. I don't think it's a sin that when I'm experiencing legit mental distress and anxiety because of a worrisome or fearful thought that I go to people that I love and trust who really know Jesus and I say, here's what I'm struggling with. Because a lot of the times when I go to those people who I really love is they'll point me to Jesus. They say, hey, let's pray about that together. Because sometimes asking for help, there's moments and experiences that you guys have now, will have or have had that you're not even gonna know how to ask for help. That's why we do not live this life of faith alone. We do it together. Commit yourself to prayer. Ask God for help. Third thing, surrender your cares on Jesus. Again, cares, worries, anxieties. We're casting all of them on Jesus because he cares for us and he's near. We're committed, we're asking for help, and we're surrendering our worries to Jesus. The way that Paul writes this, there's a bunch of different versions. He says, let your requests be known. So in prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known. It's not only understand that we have anxieties and worries in our life, Brendan, you can come back up, but it's don't be afraid in the midst of committing yourself to prayer, of asking for help to name those fears and those worries out loud. And there are a lot of different ways to surrender and do this. But maybe it's for your future having a moment where you have a really great plan and your plan is really clear, but you've never actually said it before the Father and said, hey, what do you think? And not only what do you think, but God, is this what you desire for me? Surrender your cares, your worries, your anxieties, your stress to Jesus. Here are a few ways that happens. One, and this one's a little tougher, but confession. I think there are moments where we experience stress and fear that lead to mental distress, which is anxiety when we're pondering and camping in those thoughts that one, we just don't go to God or we try to make a plan to figure it out and we never fully surrender that fear to God. And I think there needs to be a moment of confession saying, God, I didn't give this to you. I wanna give this to you now. Lead me, guide me, help me. A lot of times there are some moments where worry, stress, and anxiety are caused by sin and guilt. So confession is important. Maybe your relationship isn't going the way that you desire for it to go because you're living outside of God's, I'm gonna say boundaries or guidelines for how he desires for you to live within that relationship sexually. Bring your, (laughs) bring it, your stress, your thought, your worry to Jesus, confess. Another thing, and Brendan mentioned this a couple days, that's why I have him come up again. How's, how's, how's your back doing? How's the book bag? Great. It feels doing fantastic. Well. <laughs> I love carrying all of this. There's other ways to cast our anxieties, to surrender our worries. And Brendan mentioned this, let the train run or yeah. let the train stop. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to go to your disobedience and parking in a terrible <laughs> way in the parking lot. Yeah. And say, what would it have looked like 
for you in that moment, as you parked, laid the fine down on your table, to either let the train go, start there, and then, or to let the train stop. Yeah. So I think the idea just stems from this. The reality isn't as bad as we want to make it. Imagine if I went and I, and I paid that ticket. My account is $75 less, and I would not have thought about it a single another day. But I let the train keep going in my mind that it was a big deal, it was a big deal, it was a big deal. If I would have stopped the train, then it would have, it would have ended. Stop the thought. So catch it before it starts. Don't let it play out. Or the other way, play it out. What if the, the bank account only has 80 bucks in it? What if that's your reality and you pay that $70 ticket? Now you've got five bucks. Who can you go to? Do you have parents? Do you have friends? Can you come talk to Ben and I? What do you got to do? Play that out. Do you have people who can support you? So let the train keep going to the end of that because there's people who want to support you. In your example, play it out in your head. What's the train of thought you need to stop now because it's going to lead you to a place that's not true? What's the train of thought you need to play out because you need to see that the reality isn't what it's going to be? It's going to be something better. It's not as bad as you think. I, I love that. It's helped me a ton. And here's why it's so good. Because what it's doing, it's allowing you to understand that, one, you don't have control of a lot of things, mm-hmm. which is an aspect of actually completely surrendering our worries to God and worries to Jesus. And what he said in the midst of there, and I don't know if you caught it, is if you allow yourself to either play it out or even to stop it, is there's going to be moments where you can replace what a specific lie is about that worry with the truth of God and promises of God. So another way to surrender your cares, worries, stress, and anxieties, what lie are you believing? Find it. Figure it out. What about how God provides or what you're trying to do in your own performance to live up to a certain standard that you think God desires for you is a lie and replace it with the truth where God says, I'm faithful in all circumstances. Where you say, you don't have to perform for me because you're my child in Jesus. Uh, We talked about don't be afraid to talk to someone. And if you've done all of these and you're experiencing anxiety and mental distress, that's affecting how you can live your life, it's not a sin to go and seek professional help. I believe without a doubt that every single one of us needs counseling. (laughs) Just truth. Because there are smart people out there who can help us understand mentally what's happening in our life, but also potential lies that we believe in since we were children. Counseling's not bad. It's not a sin to go seek help professionally. So, sometimes it looks like this, right? It's Especially with the boo, right? The boo. Oh, the boo. Boo. Or bay, if you guys prefer. I just, I hate it so much. Before, what is it? I couldn't use bay because Ben probably didn't know what that was. I don't understand. Then I'd have to explain it, and that's weird. I just don't, I don't like it. But what we'll get a lot of time, and we're we're going to talk about this in our dating series, is a lot of time we'll have people come out and say, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. It's going to happen. Like Like they've given up. It's like, I'm going to be single. I don't want to, I want to be single. I'm going to be single. I'm giving up. I don't care anymore. Whatever. And it's like, I've People had, are whispering because like, they you know, know they, it's they true. heard it or they said it's it. It's believe. Yeah. And that's a worrisome, fearful thought. It's like, I, 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 I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. It's the worst. I'm, like, I've had conversations where someone's coming, hey, Ben, I got to talk to you about something. Because I just, I'm afraid I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. I already know it's not going to happen. God doesn't have someone out there for me. It's like, and I'm sitting there like, do you want me to say anything? <laughs> like, I don't know how to help you right now. But I think in the midst of what it looks like to surrender your worry, it's saying, okay, God, right now I'm anxious about being single for the rest of my life, and I'm actually worried about it, but will you take that anxiety away and actually do not be afraid? And if you have that spouse out for me, will you make that clear and help me find a spouse this year? I don't think that's a bad prayer. I don't. 
in career or job, I don't think it's bad to say, you know what, God, I'm really anxious and I'm stressed out about this job that I applied for. How, how are you doing there? <laughs> My neck hurts a little bit. I'm stressed, but God, will you help me get this job that I applied? It's not bad to pray confident, vulnerable prayers. Surrendering those cares and stresses and worries is having this understanding that when I pray confidently, desiring for something to happen, a recognition that one, it's out of my control, and two, you don't know the whole story, and that's okay. Don't be afraid to admit you're anxious in that, and don't be af- afraid to pray confidently. Like my daughter. I mean, she can ask confidently for fruit snacks in the morning and ice cream oh, and, and Rice Krispie yep, treats yep. and brownies and cookies. But a lot of times I tell her no, and she doesn't know why. It doesn't mean I don't love her or care for her. There's something bigger that I see that she doesn't yet. But it's not gonna, I don't want it to ever to stop her to ask confidently for things from me because I love her. Commit yourself to prayer. Ask for help. Surrender your cares, your worries, and your stress. And finally, trust Jesus to bear the weight of your worry. Trust Jesus to bear the weight of your worry. I think there's moments in times like this where we surrender our worries mentally and, and we kind of do it. And so I take these worries and I take the question mark, I fill in the blank of whatever that is. And I go, all right, God, you know what? This is yours. I'm anxious about this. This is gonna break for sure. But I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna pray about it. I'm just gonna kind of put it away. I'm not gonna worry about it. But what we end up doing is we carry it around with us and it becomes burdensome and heavy. How's your back? I'm like low-key super sweaty up here. <laughs> <laughs> And so we'll go through the moment of actually lifting it up in prayer to God, but we miss the most important part or one of the most important parts about actually casting all our anxieties on him is that Jesus says your worry is not something that you need to carry around. Are you burdened and heavy laden? He says, come to me. He says, I'll give you rest. And one of the things that he desires to give us rest from is a mental distress of having to worry and wonder and stress and have concerns. He desires to give us rest from the anxiety because he understands and knows that our worry is not a weight that we were meant to carry around. It's one that he is privileged and honored to carry for us. And he proved that on the cross. And sometimes you need help. I'm gonna drag you along. And sometimes you need friends to come alongside you. And so it's surrendering your worry. It's surrendering those cares. This is gonna be interesting. And it's ultimately, am I willing to, uh uh-oh, in the midst of my worry and fear and stress, I hope we're going this way, that works, to allow Jesus to bear the complete weight of all that stress, of all that anxiety, of all that worry, because he's strong enough to hold it, he's strong enough to carry it, and he's saying in the midst of that, I believe that's the first step that we take in the direction toward living a life that is marked by peace. It's not that I don't pray about it anymore. It's not that things don't come up that are fearful and worrisome and frustrating that create that distress that force me to think about it day to day. It's that when those things happen, are you willing to allow Jesus to carry the weight? Because if you carry it, it's gonna hurt your back. It's gonna be heavy. It will drain you emotionally and physically and spiritually. Trust Jesus to carry the weight of your worry because he doesn't. It's in this, I think, that we experience that peace that surpasses understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds. He's not saying that you have to fully understand what this peace looks like. Because even for Paul, 
it surpassed understanding. It even surpassed definition. He couldn't put down on words what the feeling was and what the peace that he had in his life felt like. But he knew he had it because he was committed to prayer, because he asked for help vulnerably and confidently. He surrendered every single worry and care that he had, and he trusted Jesus to carry the weight of it. And it wasn't a one-time process, it was a lifestyle. As the team comes up, we're gonna have a moment of prayer that we do and try to do and press into every single night. And what I want you to do is in this moment of, of just you and God between you two, what is that worry that you've been carrying around? What is that fearful, worrisome thought that time and time again has created mental distress in your life? That God is saying, give it to me, you're not meant to carry it. And in this moment of prayer, would you surrender that worry and care to Jesus today? Whether it's your future or relationships, maybe you have a family member who's on the brink of death and you don't know how to handle it. What I want you to know, and, and, and I think what I desire for you to understand even in this moment is not that when you pray and you commit yourself to prayer, you commit and you ask and you surrender and you trust. It doesn't mean that there's not gonna be moments even immediately after where all of a sudden, oh, I feel great, life is good. I think the process of living a life marked by peace comes with the understanding that God is near and he cares. And, and, and as hard as this next statement I'm gonna make is, at least in moments and for people where it can be really, really difficult. When you do pray those prayers, when you do surrender your cares and anxieties and worries, know this, that our prayers not answered specifically how we pray are not because God doesn't care. It's just because in that moment we don't know the entire story. And for me, what I've experienced in my life as a follower of Jesus these last 13 years is when I've come and surrendered a worry, an anxiety, a stress, a care and concern to Jesus, for me, there's been encouragement that I don't have to know the specific outcome of what my future holds, of if, if my mom is gonna be healed of if I'm gonna be single for the rest of my life. Will we have kids? Am I gonna get a job after I graduate school? Should I continue to go to school? There's something relieving in knowing that we don't know the entire story. That when I say no to my daughter to have a fruit snack or ice cream in the morning, it's not because I don't love her and care for her. It's if she eats that, she's gonna look like me one day. <laughs> I don't want that for her. <laughs> she doesn't know the entire story in that. But there's moments that when it happens, and even if she's frustrated, she knows I'm, I love her and I'm for her. Even when she can't see the entire story, your God, your dad, your father in heaven is for you. 
So in this moment, what worry are you carrying around? What stress and fearful thought are you camping in? Are you making your bed in? That God say, hey, get rid of that. Give it to me. It doesn't matter what you feel. God is always there. He is more than enough for you. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for just the reality in this moment that having an anxious thought is not what you're pushing away us away from. It's you recognize and understand the weight and mental distress of camping and making our beds in those worrisome and fearful moments that every single one of us experiences. And so tonight I ask that you would, through the power of your Holy Spirit, knowing that we can't even come to you to do it ourselves in our own power, but you empower us through your Spirit to cast all, not some, not the ones we can't manage, every single anxiety and care that we have on you because you love us and you are for us. So in our minds right now, would you make that concern, that worry, and that fear evident? And would you give us the strength to completely give it to you, knowing that we can trust that you will carry the weight, the fullness of the weight of that. And in that, as we cast, as we commit, ask, surrender, and trust, we will be ones who will live lives marked by peace, the peace which we can't fully understand or explain, but knowing that that peace guards our hearts and our minds in you, Jesus. Continue to guard hearts and minds tonight. Guard it with your truth, with your promises. Help us to cast all our anxieties on you. In Jesus' name, we love you. There'll be people in the back if you need help casting those cares and anxieties, people in the back to pray for you and with you. And there's open room in the chapel. We have a chapel just outside those doors. If you need help casting that care and anxiety, God said, don't do it alone. There's people in the back willing to pray for you. I love you guys.